0: Bam. welcome back everyone to the comic blast podcast i'm one of your hosts grayson and with me is my fellow spidey bro keenan <laughs> yeah exactly um it's been a bit since we've done our Spider-Man 3 review, uh, but now we're bringing our amazing Spider-Man review. Um, we actually had this planned a little while ago, and then Keenan got COVID and got really busy with work and a whole lot of stuff. And so it kind of just didn't work out. But I mean, we still have at this point uh, two months, a little less than two months till No Way Home.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: We still have We still have 3 movies after this one. We still have 2 games that we would like to cover and and rehearse over. Um that being uh Marvel Spider-Man and then um, Miles Morales. And then any anything else we want to cover. Also Venom 2 is this weekend and we are going to go see that and I'm sure we will review that as well. Oh, Spider Verse! Oh God! Oh man! Yeah, we do need to pick up the pace. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, actually, sorry. I said it's it's a little less than two months. It's about to be October, so it's all of October, all of November. So we have we have two and a half months. Sorry. So we've got a little bit of time, but we do need to like pick up the pace. So, so please tweet us uh, and berate us and be like, yo. Put out that amazing Spider Man too. It's true. I've got I get DMs all the time, um, but yeah. Um, without further ado, we're gonna be talking about the Amazing Spider Man that, which released in 2012, directed by Mark Webb, uh, someone that we you you and I in the past have praised a lot as a director. Um,
1: I yeah yeah yeah. Hmm.
0: yeah so and this is uh, at this point is just becoming tradition i'm only like halfway through my rewatch because i like i procrastinate so hard and then i'm like so i'm like i think i'm an hour and a half into the the movie but obviously i've seen it so many times that like i know how it ends you know like i'm sitting there like oh yeah i remember this movie very very well um but yeah I mean, speaking on Mark Webb, like I think one of the things is he he definitely understands these characters in this world very well um we talked we've talked about in the past how the best villains and whatnot are intrinsically tied to Peter Parker, and that's something that this movie understands very well with kurt Connors um how Kurt is you know co scientist co um co-employees with Peter's father um, and therefore, yes, they were like, they were friends. Um, And then uh, obviously that kind of mantle is passed down to Peter where they're working on the uh, uh, decay rate algorithm um, and all that stuff. Um, So that thing, that's one thing that's really cool speaking on Kirk Connors though. And I, I'm wondering like, I, I don't know if this is just like just how I feel currently um Kurt Connors is a character, uh, that like as I, I was rewatching today, like, I think he is a great character and I think he's a really underrated villain. However, for an origin film, I don't know if I particularly like the lizard as an origin film. Like, I think he's one of those villains that would have been better suited for a sequel.
1: Right. Mm-hmm.
0: It's pretty bottom to mid-tier somewhere in there. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, to this film, it was seems like they Mm hmm. Oh,
0: yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting, Peter's character arc in this. As I'm watching it, I'm realizing, um, and people, I think, kind of gloss over this, because people focus on the fact that, like, Peter is... "Quote cool" in this movie when I personally don't think he is that cool. Like I like I think he's he's a bit of a wallflower. He's he's very socially awkward. Doesn't understand social cues. Like he's a little bit. He's very angsty. Um, And which and and all of these are very accurate to his character in the comics people say like people will always compare like oh which one is the most comic accurate it's tom it's toby oh no it's andrew or whatever i think in terms of an origin film this is the most comic accurate uh, for Peter Parker where he's not like the best dude, you know? Like he's a he's a decent kid, but he's not like the greatest kid ever, you know? Like he forgets to bring the eggs home and he forgets to pick Aunt May up and he's he's very selfish and arrogant in the beginning until he learns some of those lessons. Um he's obviously very smart and and does well in school. Um but he he's can be a jerk sometimes. Um and,
1: hmm And
2: those guys
1: he is, Yeah. yeah right it's like a way to mm-hmm
0: yes yeah like by the book geek yeah um yeah and I think Andrew Andrews Peter starts to come out of his shell a little bit and get more confident um especially like with him you know finally like he, I mean, he starts dating Gwen in this movie. he gets his powers. He just he gets a bit more confident and kind of finds himself a bit more in this movie. Um, but um, his progression to becoming Spider-Man is one that I th- I think at face value people think, oh, it's just them reached like repeating the exact same story as th- but I, I would disagree. I, I watched this movie and his progression from Peter Parker to Spider-Man, actually feels a bit longer. I don't feel like he becomes Spider-Man until maybe a third or even like halfway through the movie Um, because he gets that... Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Third. Yes. Yeah, because throughout... I mean, so he gets bit by the spider um, he's kind of like, he lets that kind of get to his head a bit by like kind of em- embarrassing flash unnecessarily. And then, um, and then being like, uh, not my policy sort of thing with, uh, the criminal. But then after uncle Ben is killed, he goes on a manhunt. And I mean, if you remember like in the first Spider-Man movie with, uh, in 2002, he, Peter did go after the criminal, but then he could take like, that was like, he finished that and he was like, um, like he he didn't kill him or in avenge or whatever. Like he realized like what he had done, and that criminal like stepped out or like tried to attack him, and he like fell through the window. Um, and then Toby's Spider Man like realizes like okay like I need to do more with this. I need to finish with like atone for my mistakes and be better. And um, but in this one it's like oh. He makes the suit and everything, and even when he makes the Spider-Man suit, he's still going after his uncle's killer. Like, I mean, it's like it's a whole like twenty-minute-long thing where he's like he's actively trying to find this like blonde uh, mugger um, with the star tattoo, and he never finds him in this movie. Like, he never finds him, and and that's what actually I find interesting, and I actually appreciated because. When I think about it, I'm like, man, it's weird that he just never finds him at all. But then I think about it, and I'm like, when he gets to the bridge scene, which you mentioned, where, where I think he becomes truly becomes Spider-Man, what like he literally he even says like I'm Spider-Man. That's the first time he says it. Is when he saves the kid, and he I think he lets go of finding his uncle's killer. Like he he just he drops it. Like he never finds him or anything. That that like whole arc kind of dies off because he's just like. He just kind of stops and...
1: Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he the or like
2: the, how, I don't know, how
1: how, was, how that, that symbol, mm-hmm. that Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Um Yeah, I mean like that's I think it kind of clicks for him too um because he's not going to let this kid like die on this bridge and he doesn't even go after the like the lizard escapes, you know. He he cares more about saving people than than hunting after the lizard. Um and yeah, like I, that that moment right there I particularly like and I find like really unique. Um But then kind of jumping to another point which people talk about all the time. And something that like it's just night and day compared to the Raimi movies, um, and I just love so much more is G- Gwen as a love interest. She is so much better <laughs> than than MJ. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Whether that be relationships or more friendships, if you can make me feel
2: something and and make me care about something like relationship, I I out you that outweighs even like
1: CPI fighting choreography. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, she's actually like a companion to him and there's just little scenes that like really stick out to me like how much she cares um for Peter like towards the end, which I haven't got through to that part in my watch through, but like when she's helping him get the, the antidote, the basically like the gas to put, to make all the lizard people, not lizard people, which is, which is like total. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's just such a, such a, I don't like that plan at all. Like that. I'm like, come on lizard. Um, (laughs) but, um, like even right after uncle Ben dies, um, you know flash comes up and he's flash even tries to comfort peter which by the way best flash in any of the movies i know he barely got any dude okay so that's one of my that's one of my favorite scenes in any spider-man movie because it really shows like the relationship and Pe- the relationship that flash and peter could have because in the comics Flash and Peter like they become end up becoming best friends like they they truly like their relationship makes a total 180 and they actually become like best buds and and Flash is a huge fan of Spider-Man and so um and even though like Flash is a jerk from time to time like in that scene he comes up and he's been like he got humiliated by Peter and everything he comes up and Peter's like not now Flash and then uh he kind of reaches out and like puts his hand on his shoulder and he Flips him around and like pull, pins him up against the locker. And, um, and he says, he says a very subtle line, which is like, it says, like, feels good, doesn't it? Like, and it's a direct reference to like, Flash lives in an abusive home. And that's one of the reasons, like, why he, like, he takes out a lot of it. He takes, yeah, he takes out his anger on other people. And he's like, it feels good, doesn't it? And he's like, listen, I'm sorry. And, you know, and, and Peter just kind of drops him and lets him go. And he's like, I'm sorry about your uncle. And then, uh, he walks away like clearly distraught and Gwen kind of stops him and just gives him this hug. And, and Peter's still like, obviously he's very upset and he just, he kind of accepts the hug and goes on. But like Gwen very much cares for him. And, um and that's just, it's just something that like, I love that it, that they show Peter with this like emotional, emotional vulnerability. Um, that's like, it's just very integral to his character. It, it's one of those moments that I, I love in specific Spider-Man scenes, um, seeing Peter just like really be in his feels, you know, like, and you you understand what he's going through. Like I think about the scene in Spider-Man PS4 with Otto right after right. He beats Otto and he's like, you're everything I wanted to be like, or um, just like any good um, emotional scene like that. That's just a really beautiful one to me. And it's, it's one that, makes me want even more of Flash Thompson. Uh, he was in a deleted scene in the second movie after graduation, and it makes me really sad that we didn't get more of his character because the most Flash we've ever gotten has been in the MCU. And, I, like, I'm a, I'm a big Flash Thompson fan. Like, I have the Agent Venom comics right here in front of me that I spent a pretty penny on because I think his character is amazing and I love his arc. Like, in the comics, he, he starts off as a bully and then... Um, he becomes best friends like, and uh, college, I think they become college roommates at one point with Peter, and he really just turns his life around. He enlists in the army, and he sacrifices his own, like he basically sacrifices himself to save his commanding officer, and, and in the process loses his legs, and then is given a second chance by the government with the symbiote to become Agent Venom. And even when he's Agent Venom, even though Agent Venom kills people and whatnot, he prioritizes saving people, like that's what he does. Like he will put the mission at risk just to save other people, and like obviously his commanding officers and stuff do not like that because they're the military. But he's like, it's what Spider Man would do, you know? Like, and and that's an awesome thing about his character. And just like Flash also reaches out to Peter, like when when moments get hard. Like I read a comic recently where, um, Jay Jonah's wife dies, and it 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 was like. Peter beats himself up for it because he thinks he could have saved her when he he really couldn't have. She sacrifices herself to save Jonah, and uh, and Flash tries to go comfort him, you know, like, as, like, a good friend. And it's just moments like that that I'm like, man, I think we deserve to see that on screen, you know, because people are, like, they're people are aware of him and Harry Osborn's relationship. In the comics, that kind of falls apart. But it's like, man, like... Like, I've had personal scenarios where there's been people that I have been, quote, rivals with or, like, say, like, there's been bullies and stuff at school that, like, once you kind of get to know them and, like, kind of get down to their core, they, like, really, they turn around. Like, and it's a very real thing. Like, people, sometimes people just need a little bit of love and friendship to kind of turn their heart around. But,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: Um Uncle Ben's death? No, not at all.
1: Mhm. No,
0: I mean after Uncle Ben dies, he just kinda of becomes Spider-Man. And I think that I remember there was one moment like that um Norman says something to Peter at the graduation. He's just like, uh I think he says something like your uncle would be proud and he's like, Thank you, like you know. And then but the the only time that I can remember MJ being um kind of like intentionally trying to comfort Peter was in Spider-Man three when he figured out about his uncle's killer being actually, actually being um, Flint Marco. And she goes over and she's like, I'm worried about you, you know? And he's like, don't be like all that stuff. Um, so, and, and that's like, Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People have really real human interactions in this movie. Uh, it's one of my favorite things about um, Peter and Aunt May. Um, Aunt May, played by Sally Fields, which I, I personally I think for a more classic um, Aunt May, Rosemary Harris is for me. But like, I love Sally Fields and I love what she brings for Aunt May. She feels like the most. She feels like the most realistic Aunt May to me. Like, she's the right age and, like, you know, the right temperament and everything. Like, she feels like an aunt, right? Like, she feels like his mom. Um, same thing with Uncle Ben. Like, I love Uncle Ben in this movie. Like, I think he, he does a great job. Um, I'm trying to remember. It's um, Is it Martin Sheen? I believe that's who plays him. Okay. Yeah, I think they're both just... They just feel like an actual family to me. Um, and And they don't feel like and this is no offense to cliff robertson or uh, rosemary harris but they don't feel dirt old <laughs> like like they feel like proper aunt and uncle um
1: yeah yeah
0: Yeah, like, I love the, the specific little lines, like, you know, Uncle Ben is trying to fix some stuff in the basement, right? And he's like, oh, you know how to fix this or whatever? And he's like, oh, I'll go to the hardware shop in the morning. He's like, all right, thanks. And then he kind of lectures him when he gets back and forgets to pick up Aunt May. And Aunt May's like, no, please, like, it's okay, it's fine. And Uncle Ben's like, like, hell it is. Like, he deserves, the, like, you deserve an apology and stuff. And then, like, the, the meatloaf line, like... And he's just like, Oh my gosh, this is like this is the best meatloaf ever and he's just like, Oh yeah, something's seriously wrong. He's just like, Yeah, nobody likes your meatloaf. And she's like she's like, We've been married for how many years and you've never told me you haven't liked my meatloaf? Like <laughs> and it's just like that that's it's funny. It's so like it's so heartwarming. Um and then after Uncle Ben passes, like there's just these key moments between uh Aunt May and Peter that um I just find very heartwarming. Like she's sitting there on the couch sleeping. um, Assume like presumably not being able to sleep at all because she's grieving for Ben and he just kind of puts the blanket over her. And then she, he comes back late um, and he's obviously all bruised up and she's just like, I can't sleep, you know, like I'm like, I'm worried sick about you. Like you, you go out every night, you come back with these bruises and stuff. Like, like I can't ever since Ben's death. Like I can't, you know, and, um, it's, and even towards the end of the movie where like, he kind of gives up on Gwen, like, because of, uh, of Captain Stacy's, uh, he, the promise he makes the Captain Stacy, she's kind of encouraged him to be like, no, like you need to go after her. Like, that, like, I know that's what your heart wants sort of thing. She just feels like while, while the Aunt May in the Raimi movies, I think gives the just most amazing wisdom ever <laughs> i think the one in uh, um the amazing spider-man universe feels realistic it feels like an actual ant and, and i love that um and i'm trying to think what are other details in this movie i guess we can talk about the plot overall um i i'll say i think the plot may be one of the weakest in this movie like I'm this is one of those scenarios and and this is just me in general but like I'm more attracted to character development than I am plot development um like I don't I don't like I read I I particularly consume media whether that be read or watch or whatever for the characters I just I love characters um yes right yeah and so the plot with the amazing spider man movies, both of them, I don't think are that great uh i don't they're not bad by any means, but this one specifically like we were talking about the lizard people earlier, and like it's focus on this like it's the most sciencey of the of the Spider-Man movies, like a lot of science research scenes and like you know test trials and all of that stuff. Like, and by the end of it, you know the lizard is running around trying to turn everybody into giant lizards, and you're like, what? Like, <laughs> like that's the most like out of thus far out of all the Spider-Man movies we reviewed, it's the most impractical of the villain motives. Like Green Goblin, like I mean, Green Goblin's insane, right? Like he's the most insane of them. It's like Doc Ock, he's trying to Like get this project, like he can get it to work again, you know. Um, And then by the end of the third, like Spider Man three, they're just trying to kill Spider Man. Like they just they have a vendetta against Spider Man. And this one, it's just like, lizard people. Like (laughs) when everyone's lizards, no one will be.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a beautiful scene.
1: (laughs) Yep. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Yeah, great fight. Great cameo from Stanley. Uh <laughs> hmm
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. It's the character moments for me.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. some really cool stuff like that. You know, more like like? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think the
0: best part about the plot for me is like i like when the cops are after spider-man that's something that we had never seen before where like like the like i mean you see it like barely in the first spider-man movie where like apparently like there's a uh there's like an arrest warrant out for Spider-Man, but he, he like goes on the fire and saves it, and he's like, "All right, but like I'll be waiting when you get back and all that stuff." But in this one, it's like the cops are actually like trying to arrest him, and that stuff's really cool. Um, like I like I like that, you know. It makes sense. He's a vigilante. That's illegal. <laughs> um, and then, um, there's like this is there's one moment that I was thinking of towards the end that like I I both like, but I also don't. It's really weird. It's the crane scene. Like I, th- basically, it,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: The same street, like. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's like it just is like, okay, thanks. <laughs> you know? Um Mhm.
1: Oh yeah, yeah,
0: and it also happens to be the guy's, da- or the the boy's dad on the bridge. It's just like, oh, I know that Spider Man guy, Crane. Guys, let's go, let's go, guys.
1: yeah <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> it's it's not like you know the city's in mass hysteria as lizard people are running around, and it's not like it'll be easy to get over through the frickin Brooklyn bridge to get over to Ukraine <laughs>
1: yeah like <laughs> mhm yeah. On the mirror. Mhm.
0: No, I mean there hasn't been a first-person scene. Yes, I th- it improves it improves also tenfold in the second movie because the second movie combines like the the very like up close feel with the kind of grandiose um style of the Raimi movies and he just he feel, like Andrews just feels so acrobatic like I I was watching it and I'm like oh in the Raimi movies like Toby's movements feel very big and bold like he's throwing big punches and like yeah like exactly whereas like he i mean andrew like he just is so acrobatic and agile mm-hmm. yeah like i'm like even when he's running away from the guys as he's chasing them uh, or running away from the guys as he beat them up trying to find his uncle's killer, like he's hopping over fences and climbing up the walls and stuff and like poles and he's just flipping around like no problem, you know? Um, And I I love that. Um, And then the first person scenes are really cool because it just kind of like, you just feel very in the moment. Um, But that one scene actually got cut short in the movie and like the full first person scene of him crawling through the rooftops and everything was originally in a trailer. Um, And then, but like in the movie, they like, it's kind of like the beginning, and then the like the middle and the end. They like make it like very quick, like only like ten seconds. In the trailer, it's like a minute long. Um, but then that was when the suit first got revealed. Is where he like gets up on the uh, the reflection of the window, and you that's where you see the suit, and you're like, oh, how do you feel about the suit in this movie? Because it's a big point of controversy.
1: Really. yeah mhm
0: It is unique
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. I yeah. love yeah. mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think it's super unique and like I have no problem with it whatsoever. Like and of course they, they change it very quickly. My ideal scenario would be like they, if they combine the second suit and the first suit into one where like the really cool streamlined like red and blues going on his gloves and kind of like on his arms and everything. I love the big spider on his chest. Um the head, like, the, my only problem with the suit is it feels like it's very, like, like, it's squeezing him almost. Like, it feels very tight, you know? Like, it doesn't feel like it's, you know, moving along with his body. It feels like it's, like, a size too small, you know? <laughs> and so, like, it just, it feels like sometimes it's, like, stretching and he's, like, it could rip at any second sometime. But, like, I love the sunglasses thing, like you said. Like, I love the gold lenses, personally. Some people hate them. I love them. Um, Yeah, I mean... Oh, yeah. And... uh, Yeah. Yeah, and... I wish, like, I wish if we got a third movie, it would have been kind of, like, this really cool blend of, like, the second suit and the first suit. Or it's, like, it kind of gives you the classic and the his own unique feel to it. Um, but, I mean, that's just coming from, like, a point of where we're in a generation where every movie, they get, like, not even one suit anymore. Like, a new suit, but, like, two new suits. Yeah, <laughs> like... Yeah, because, like, Toby technically only had two suits in his three movies, whereas Tom has had, like, five, you know? (laughs) Like, and it's only on his third movie. It's like, oh, we've got the homemade suit and the home... Yeah, I know. It's like, we got the homemade suit, the homecoming suit, the far-from-home suit, the iron spider, the black and gold. Like, and then, yeah, it's just yeah oh yeah night monkey and then the black and red suit and you're like oh my he's had like seven or eight suits you know and you're like god but then Andrew's like I got two I got one for this movie I got one for the next movie you know um uh,
1: yeah 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 Mhm. Yeah. yeah.
0: like Yeah. Like nail both of the movies in what sense? Oh
1: yeah. I just like seems so practical. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree. I remember in the interviews, they said their goal for this suit was to make it seem like somebody could make it at home, which I, what, it, it feels that way, but I'm thinking, I'm like, I couldn't make that. Like, <laughs> Peter, yeah, exactly. I'm like, okay. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of other points in this movie. Um, yeah, Captain Stacy. Yeah, that's a good moment, because I swear, like, I don't particularly love his character, but, like, by the end, I'm like, oh, like, I feel this death.
1: Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah,
0: he does it for a little bit, and then he he decides, you know what, screw it, I'm gonna, like, I'm, it's it's worth it, you know, but then it kind of goes into the next movie, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot, and it's something that's cool that they definitely took from the comics very well is that whole, like, you know, because she knows his identity and everything, like, it, it puts her at risk and all of that, and it's just something that's very intrinsic to Spider-Man, um it's his worlds colliding basically like oh man spider-man's life and peter parker's life um yeah um one thing that i'm interested to see what you think of before i think we can wrap it up here pretty soon but um is the post-credits stuff in this movie and in this universe it's like it's it's the lizard in prison and he's like talking to this some guy, like the shadow, like shadowy figure, a guy with the hat. Yeah, they and they they do it again in the second one. Spoilers. Um, and it's just like oh, Sinister Six. Like, but when no, I was like, I remember when I walked out of that movie like ten years ago. Uh, wait, sorry, almost ten years ago. Like in. Uh yeah, because um, I was like, oh wait, it's 2000. I <laughs> I was like 2012, 2011. Um, so almost in 10 years, um, being like, I know a lot about Spider Man, and I don't know who that is. Say what? In 2012. I don't think so. Pretty sure Sp- Amazing Spider Man came out in 2012. Yeah. Yeah mm-hmm um 2011 is where like they started announcing the or 2011 is when they announced the movie i think that they were gonna like be remaking it like early 2011 but um yeah i remember walking in the movie and being like i know a lot about spider-man who the heck is that <laughs> and i looked it up and it's like some really like obscure character that's just, like basically just sets up the sinister six so whatever i was like okay sounds good then this is at the time that like mcu post-credit scenes and stuff like i mean this comes this came out the same year as the avengers like
1: Mm mm-hmm Yes. Yeah.
0: He's like my my father. Like all oh, that's like it's this whole family legacy thing. Yeah. yeah personally i don't and this is a critique i also have with these movies i don't particularly love when they tie in peter's parents to like him as spider-man there's a storyline in the comics where like they're revealed as like secret agents you know that like and they come back they weren't dead and, and people did not like it and i'm like it's never really been a big thing like this whole like secrecy behind his family and his parents and stuff but like for what they're doing for this universe, I don't hate it. You know, like it could have been a lot worse, um, and I, I'm glad that they don't take away the focus from Aunt May and Uncle Ben. Like that's still very important, but they de- like, the, it's just it, it's definitely them trying to do something new. Where it's like Peter's parents were mentioned like one time, in, in all of the Raimi movies, it's just like oh my parents are dead. I live with my aunt and uncle. Like that, like that's literally what he says, and you're like okay, I guess they're dead. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's in the second one. Yeah. I don't
2: really it. it's one of
1: my Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there's a lot more that they tie into all of that stuff. But um, the last thing I wanted to mention um, that I think is super underrated is the the score in this movie by James Horner. Um, I definitely like Hans Zimmer's score in the second movie a lot better, but I think it James Horner's score works amazing in this movie. Like it's it works beautifully, and it's something that I wished in the second movie. When Hans Zimmer came along, he would have taken more of James Horner's stuff because it's basically just erased. Like, and I think it works perfectly for this movie. And it's just it's just because the Amazing Spider-Man Two has a drastically different style and tone than the first one does. This one's a lot darker. It's a li- it's a lot more personal, for lack of a better term. So like the soft cues and the music and like very very um, ambient. Uh, brass instruments and stuff like that Like it's not super big and epic Whereas like The Amazing Spider-Man 2 is like <laughs> Like in your face music Yeah Theme Yeah Yeah And it's like And you're like this is awesome but like what happened to the old one <laughs> whack whack (laughs) i uh, the second one i yeah we'll get into it in the second of the movie it's fine don't worry about it don't worry about it don't worry about it it's fine (laughs) yeah um yes uh, i think it's gonna do it for this episode unless there's anything else we forgot i'm trying to make any other mental notes we talked about? Gwen, she's awesome. Peter, really well done. Andrew Garfield's performance, really good. Uncle Ben and Aunt May, awesome. The lizard, uh, the music. Uh, I'll, oh, one last thing. What you mentioned, the action scenes, like they're good in this movie, but in terms of the grand scope of all the action scenes in all of the movies, it's definitely in the bottom for me. Like, I think the best action scenes are. Like, in Spider-Man 2, 3, and the amazing Spider-Man 2. I think those have, like, awesome action set pieces. Like, I think about the Times Square fight scene coming up in the next movie, and, like, that's amazing. Spider-Man 2, the train scene. Spider-Man 3, when they're in, like, the, I mean, every fight scene an action set piece in the third movie, I think, is amazing. Um, this one, definitely, like, I'm watching the action, I'm like, this is good, But not like, I'm not like, oh my god, you know, like, nothing mind-boggling.
1: Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. You're like. Mhm. Yeah. It's that de- Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it feels the closest to me to, like, Venom. Where it's, like, the Venom action scene. I'm like, oh, wow. There's, like, three action set pieces in this entire movie. And they're, like, not remarkable at all. Like.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah yeah
0: the this movie it's uh, and this is the last thing that i'll say and i think we're i think we're done is the the amazing spider-man can sometimes just be really dark like it just feels like it's nighttime all the time which it works for the vibe of this movie that's what they were going for but sometimes i'm like dang i want some more daylight in this movie which the second movie does that very well i think the second movie does a beautiful balance of both nighttime and daytime um and it's just very colorful and vibrant where this one feels a lot like it it i mean they advertise this movie as it being like a darker like it was like the untold story right uh that was the the marketing and this is coming off of like the heels of um the dark knight movies and in a few years a year after this we get man of steel right like kind of like the darker grittier stories and it's like all right like appreciate you guys trying something new but for spider-man darker stories are few and far between and i love the darker stories but like the origin story while it has darker moments it doesn't need to be nighttime all the time you know um yeah, I think The Amazing Spider-Man overall, the more I think about it, like, and it's it's so hard for me to, like, rank the Spider-Man movies, because there's sometimes I just adore this movie, and then there's other times I don't, and this is, like, I think overall it's kind of mid- middle to bottom tier for me, and, like, I just, I get more enjoyment out of other, like, a lot of the other Spider-Man movies more like if I'm going to watch a Spider-Man movie, it's definitely going to be like Spider-Verse or Spider-Man two or Spider-Man one. But that's just because my personal taste, like I love what this movie sets up. I love the character moments. Like it's just, it just has a lot of flaws. And I think it's honestly because Sony just started getting their hands into it so actively and it really screwed over Mark Webb. (laughs) Probably not. Uh, yeah.
1: mhm yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah Yeah, mhm. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's just personal preference, whatever. I think people should give it a chance and watch it, and have your own consensus. But for me, it's just like valiant attempt at rebooting it. You didn't nail the landing quite, but you did a decent job, sort of thing. Um, yeah, yeah. The character dynamics and everything is really what makes the movie for me. Um, I'd give it like a, I'd get. I, I mean, this is just how I'm feeling now, but I'd give it like a seven and a half out of ten. Like i i maybe maybe an eight out of ten um i well my rating is always like basically if it's five it's if you put it if you put a no, like one at five it's trash so like <laughs> yeah it's so weird i i basically should just do a one to five scale like yeah then uh, I'll give it like a three and a half, <laughs> yeah, six and a half for me is I'm like suicide squad <laughs> um, yeah i i'm I'm probably around there as well um sometimes I just get like really hyped for this movie
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> basically yeah um yeah that's gonna do it for this episode thank you guys for staying tuned and keeping up with the series um we're gonna try to start picking up the pace soon because now i want to watch the amazing spider-man 2 pretty quickly so hopefully within the next week and a half we'll have the uh tasm 2 review um but yeah if you haven't checked out our other episodes uh, we've got the first three raimi films uh already uploaded and you can go back and check those out and if you're waiting for the next one go ahead and watch amazing spider-man 2 and uh we'll get that episode out as soon as we possibly can because we've got a lot more to review apparently more than i remembered <laughs> um yeah um you can follow me or you can follow us at comic blast underscore on social media you can follow um keenan at keenan creates and you can follow me at strays 38 we we've also got a patreon patreon.com slash comic blast shout out to all of our patrons um, that are loyal and faithful we appreciate you all and if you want to help support us you can uh hop on over to um patreon and um and just help us out a little bit but it, obviously no uh requirement there so yeah that's going to do it for this episode and with that being said insert some quote from the movie that I don't know what it'll be yet yeah <laughs> we'll figure something out.
1: I'm sure there is I'll find something I'll I gotta finish the movie here and I'll be